Hello, greetings and welcome to another episode of Being Healthy the Shaolin Way. In this episode, we're going to answer the question, is qi a pseudoscience or a science? And I think you'll be surprised by the answer. It was given by Robert Martinez, um, MS Traditional Chinese Medicine and Anthropology, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. In, in, uh, in a word, he said, the word that we romanticize as key or romanize as key is perhaps the most misunderstood of all Chinese words ideograms. His mother, a humble gal from Mayaguez, is able to speak four languages and is a translator interpreter. One thing that would always drive her crazy is when people would translate from one language to another literally. It is not hard to understand why phrases in one language are rendered completely meaningless if translated literally into another language. If, for example, for instance, I were to say to you about someone, he doesn't need a grandmother. You could be excused for wondering how I could be so heartless as to think he'd be better off without grandma. A Spanish speaker would know I meant that he toots his own horn. So it is when translating from Chinese characters into Western words, the pictogram character for key is often translated as energy. And that's pretty close, but it still misses the mark and it doesn't um, capture the thinking behind the character. The root on the inside is a character for rice. The radical depicts steam or vapor escaping. Zongwen website describes it as this, rice is dispersed like air. Does this mean that the ancient Chinese thought that rice was dispersible like air? No, that kind of thinking would earn you a wallop to the head from my mother. So what is the actual idea? That there is something in the rice that when consumed, gives energy and does work. But of course, if you look at rice closely, all you see is rice. Even cutting a grain open, all you see is a cross section of a rice grain. You won't see the special thing in the rice that gives it its property. Though the Chinese of 2,500 years ago, of course, weren't stupid. And I'll say again that the Indians before them, who invented the concept of prana, which the Chinese called qi, weren't stupid either. They knew that there was something in there that did something, but that they could not see. That's something now we would call glucose. But if you're living 2,500 years ago without the equipment necessary to isolate glucose, you have to rely on your intuition and observation. And they observed that not only did rice have something in it that did work, but many other things did also. Gradually, the scope of use of the idea, qi or prana, began to grow. Studying Chinese medicine, you can see that the ancient Chinese never thought of the idea of qi to be some sort of mystical, ineffable, magical thing, but as a very practical measuring thing by effect, quality of something. Look at the terms that qi encompasses. Da qi, the great enveloping qi of the air. Gu qi, energy derived from food. Wei qi, the body's immunity and defensive mechanism, and so forth. Any kind of energetic interaction where the observer knew that there was something there but that they couldn't directly observe got the description of qi. As a friend of mine once quipped, Qi is basically Chinese for thingy. 
And I, there's nothing mystical at all about it. Does this happen in Western science? Of course, Isaac Newton developed a whole new area of mathematics with beautiful equations to explain the workings of gravity and gravitation. But neither he nor anyone else for 400 years can say what gravity was until Albert Einstein. So there was a constant use of an idea complete with its own language that nobody could directly observe or say what it is. Yet the math developed for it proved extremely useful. The same with Qi. The geniuses between, behind the uh, concept realized that they didn't need to know exactly what Qi was. They just needed to know what its effects and what other things could influence those effects in order to produce the result medically that they wanted. Same is true for martial arts. You can cultivate your Qi without specifically knowing what it is you are cultivating. You only need to know that it's useful for fighting and health. So chi is not a pseudoscience, nor is it a science. Nor can you find any one thing that you can nail down as chi because that doesn't exist. Nor did anyone ever think it did. It's only when translated into the West that it required this new age, mystical, pseudoscientific trappings. And that's a real shame. Because the actual idea, the foundational idea behind chi is much, much greater and far more useful. So I hope that answers the question whether Qi can be scientifically valid or not, because it's a matter of translation, the difficulty. In the West, we're trying to prove the existence of Qi or not prove the existence of Qi. In an Oriental sense, but before Oriental says, a prana sense, for India, it meant something, but not exactly energy. So tune in next episode when we'll go to the heart of the matter. We'll abandon the Chinese and go to the Indians, their definition of prana and their experience with prana, because prana superseded chi. So... Until next episode, if you'd like to go to the um, Shaolin Temple, you can go to shaolintempleus.org or our new website, healthytaichi.com. If you'd like to donate uh, to this program, send it to rick, R-I-C-K, at feraldmore.com. That's F-E-R-R-E-L-D-M-O-O-R-E.com. Until I see you next time, namaste.